This is Claire from 89X. I'm hanging out backstage with the boys of Nothing More. We got Johnny and Dan. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Recovering from the heat, but feeling good now. Well, you guys just had an awesome set on the Who stage. It was so high energy. What do you guys think of the crowd? Uh, I thought it was really good. You know, I learned that that stage is kind of like the acoustic rock stage. So, But everyone there seemed to know who we were, and the people that didn't loved it. So I enjoyed myself. It was a lot better than we expected. Well, you guys definitely weren't acoustic. I'll say that much. You guys rocked out really hard. I had a great time. I love the drum quartet that you did. You guys are great live. What can people expect to see at your shows that haven't seen you before? We do bring a lot of energy. Uh, We try to at least every time. And we do some things that are a little unorthodox uh, to a typical rock show in that we all end up on drums, like you said, at one point where we're hitting all these things that are uh, set in all this metal work that Daniel actually built for the stage. And we end up doing almost like taiko style Japanese drumming mixed with metal style rhythms. So it's this very weird brew of uh, rhythmic, whatever you want to call it. And we also do a bass solo because guitars get too much of the attention in the rock world. So we decided to do a bass solo and try to make it a little different. So we end up putting this bass guitar on this stand that Daniel built and we lock it into these drums up front and it ends up spinning around locking upside down and we're all playing it uh mark and dan are playing it almost like you'd play a piano and i'm hitting it with sticks almost like a hammer dulcimer so it's uh it's a little bit different in that regard um and our music you know you just have to i guess check it out to see that side but that's what's different about our live show well it's very unique it's nothing i've ever seen before that's for sure what's your background that you built all of this uh i don't know really uh I grew up like racing motorcycles, and I always kind of tried to work on them with my dad when I was young. I did study mechanical engineering in college, but dropped out before I learned really how to do anything with that. So it was one of those things that's always kind of been in my heart, and I had the guidance of some friends that do things like that, Mm -hmm. Uh, and just started going. You know, it's like, I want to sacrifice my base on this weird-looking stand every night. You know, what's step two? (laughs) And then, you know, gave it a couple thousand hours of attention, and next thing you know, we got a crazy bass solo. Well, it's pretty awesome, I'll tell you that. Thank you. Johnny, speaking of drums, you used to be the drummer in the band, and then you transitioned to lead singer. You still play drums in it, too. Tell me about that transition. Yeah, I've been playing drums since I was seven years old, so that's kind of my first love. And I didn't start singing until I was about 21 or somewhere right around there. And it was, uh, there's a lot of different ways to tell this story because there's a lot of different elements to it. But in a nutshell, when I was a kid, tried out for the choir at this very small private school. So it was pretty obvious if you didn't make it. You know, you're like one of two kids who didn't make the cut. Right. I was one of those two kids. Oh, no. So, you know, you have kind of that impressionable age where everything people tell you, you kind of accept as truth because you can't really see yourself that well yet. Uh And so I accepted the fact that singing wasn't for me. And I just kept drumming. And I loved drumming, you know, with my whole heart. But it wasn't until I was about 20, 21 when it started. We actually had multiple singers throughout the years. And it just never felt quite right. Um, There was always Daniel, myself, and our guitar player, Mark. They were kind of the core of the band, and we could never quite find that missing piece of the puzzle. And as you know, you know the singer is such an integral part of the right. band. And it was one drunken night in Mexico where it was a, a clarity type of drunk, if you know what I mean. Okay, where yeah. It's almost like everything was clear in this one moment, 
and I walked into my room really depressed that night because we were having issues as a band and Mark our guitar player was there and I was in a very drunken stupor said Mark I'm gonna sing (laughs) (laughs) I've decided today and he was and his response was I know he just like knew and uh, ever since then it was just baby steps, and we actually won a warp tour battle of the bands at that time. Oh, really? That's right awesome. Right before we uh, parted ways with our singer, and okay. we got the phone call, and we were like, uh, we don't have a singer anymore, and they were going to fly us out to L.A. to play the Key Club. So that was my first show in front of an audience was playing the Key Club in L.A. behind a drum set. It was the worst show you could ever see. It was the most <laughs> defeating horrible thing I've ever done because I just hadn't didn't have any experience doing it but it was the first baby step in a long line of steps that led to where I'm at now singing and we found our drummer Paul and it's kind of the nutshell of it but okay that's pretty awesome well your self-titled album's been out for a while now I know everyone asks you it's got a lot of religious and political overtones to it but also has a lot of personal overtones as well I wanted to ask you if you don't mind talking about the I know Jenny charity and hashtag and let people know what that's all about so the the song that we're pushing as a single right now is called jenny Mm -hmm. and it's a song that from day one when we released it we'd play shows and people were reacting to it um it wasn't something that you know we got somebody to put a bunch of money into or like cram down people's throats it was just very organically people were responding and relating to the song on a very personal level and over time it became very clear that um so many people had a jenny in their life for me it's my sister that's what the song is about and it's kind of about the struggle with my family where my mom uh had gotten cancer a very uh, aggressive kind and her last year you know fighting through that was a very difficult one because my sister simultaneously was not only getting mixed up with the wrong things and getting uh, addicted to some very hard drugs, but she was also had some mental illness that wasn't apparent. And so it all, it kind of was this cocktail for disaster. It was a very depressing, very tough year in my life and my family's life. But like most things in life, we use music to kind of turn it into light in some way in that dark situation. So we gave purpose to this whole fucked up situation right and decided to start a campaign called i know jenny which is getting people out of the dark who either have someone in their family who's dealt with mental illness or drug addiction Mm -hmm. or they themselves were a jenny who are currently struggling with it and we found that there's such a big stigma surrounding it just naturally um it's not some conspiracy it's just it makes sense that when you see someone in a wheelchair it's very obvious to our eyes that that person is injured or needs help and we treat them as as a society with so much respect and love and care but when someone has something wrong with their brain it's quite the opposite actually and there's such a wide gamut and spectrum of ways in which people can have broken legs if you will in their mind right that many times they even seem and appear normal until you zoom out and view their actions and destructive cycles and a lot of people get written off as just assholes and and we move on with our life and for me i did write my sister off as that but i'm forced to face it every day because she's family Mm -hmm. and I've learned to see it very differently now. So it started from this this whole situation, but it's now something that a lot of people are grabbing onto, and hopefully we bring it into the light and start talking about it, and it becomes something positive, and we turn turn the whole stigma around. 
That's great. And people are reacting really positively to it on social yeah, media yeah. and everything. Totally, yeah. What are you guys using as inspiration for your next album, and when can we expect to see one? As usual, we're, <laughs> you know, documenting and all the experiences that we go through. You know, there's whenever there's that time when something gives you goosebumps or uh, you break down and just, you know, from the weight of the heaviness of how something so real in life we just turn those things into into music because uh, I, I don't really know any, any other way to deal with it. So for me, it's therapy. I know for the guys, it's therapy. Right. And so we just have been basically keeping anything that we go through over the last few years. That's going to be the next record, as it will always be. So it's exciting. I can't wait. I'm, I'm antsy to work on it, actually. Good. Good. All right. Well, thanks for coming by and talking to 89X at Bonnaroo. Signing off. We'll see you next time. See you guys. 89X.